Welcome to the King's Chapel Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. It is such a great honor to stand in this most hallowed place, to stand in the pulpit you know, of our pastor. And I want to thank you, Pastor Daniel, Pastor Karen, Dr. Morocco, for entrusting us. You know, my wife, Minister Rosie, we wanna, we're going to tag team tonight. She's going to share something that the Lord's put in her heart. And um, she's an anointed preacher, so why don't you start, and then I'll, I'll tag me, and I'll come later. Amen. Praise God. What an honor to be here tonight. I want to honor our pastor, as I love them so much. They're kind of our big brothers and sisters. I can't tell them they're like a father and mother because they're so young. I'm 40 years old, and they're like, we're almost the same age. So we can't, I can't say that. But they're amazing. They are, they are one of our heroes. We came to this church so broken and so, like, you know, like that spirit of rejection and all of that. And they, their love that covers a multitude of sins, the love of Jesus healed our hearts. And that's why we're here today. And let me tell you something. If you come to this place and you cannot honor whoever is here, you cannot receive from them. You cannot receive from them. So every time I come here or I go to Eagle River, everywhere I go, I go expecting the move of God because the word of God is going to be preached. So I am honored to be here today. Thank you, Pastor Daniel and Pastor Karen. Thank you. I love you guys. So I want to share with you what God put in my heart. It's a quick um, 10. They gave me 10 minutes, by the way. Okay, so I'm going to be very quick right here. (laughs) So I want to pray that your hearts will be open. To receive what God put on my heart. Lord, I thank you for this time. I don't take it for granted. Lord, I pray you bless your people tonight. Let, let your word go forth, Lord God, and change their hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. That was amazing that Pastor Daniel shared about uh, Joseph t- tonight, and that's what I'm going to share about it. And Joseph, I was reading and Joseph and, and Genesis 37, how many of you know the story of Joseph? I bet everybody know. You know, he was thrown in a, in, a, in a well by his brothers. His brothers betrayed him. His brothers um, rejected him. They want to kill him. And eventually he was sold to slavery. Then he was thrown to prison. Then he became successful, right? So that was amazing. That was amazing. But I want to read in, in Genesis 39 to 6. You don't have to open your Bible. I'm going to read really quick since I don't have all the time. So, (laughs) the Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered. And he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put put him in charge of his household. And he entrusted his care with everything that he owned. From that time, he put him in charge to he, for, of his household. And he, everything that he owned, that God blessed him. Everything he gave the charge to, to Joseph. And by that time, from that time on, God started blessing him. God started blessing him. Talking about being rejected. That man was rejected. That man was rejected. And a lot of people... A lot of people today are going, rejection is a spirit. 
Rejection is a spirit that gives fruit to um, strife, that gives fruit to uh, so many bad fruits that comes with the spirit of rejection. And a lot of people that goes through that cannot succeed. It's like you put a wall around you. It's like a wall of rejection. And you know what? Your destiny is right after that wall. If you push that thing through, you're right into your destiny. You step into it. It's like you're giving a leap to your, to, your, to your destiny. It's so powerful. And you know what? People can see that through you. They can see rejection through you. And they can also see that you are blessed. Just, and I feel like that. You know, he became slave when he was 17. He lived in a, in a house at Potiphar for 11 years. Then he was thrown to prison for two years. And by 30 years, he was like the overseer of Egypt. In 110 years, he died, right? And uh, I felt like that was very similar, the life that I had. I was like, wow. I felt, I, many of you don't know my story, but I grew up, my mom was married for seven, uh, 27 years, had seven kids with my dad. And my dad was very wealthy, had 300 staff, had many land, and my mom left him because he was very abusive. And he never came after us. He never gave us a penny. So we had to fight for our lives. And we have, my mom was, is one of my heroes. She worked day and night to support us. Talk about being rejected. I was feeling rejected, fatherless. And when you feel fatherless, you reject God because you can't see him as your father, right? So it took me a while to see God as my father. I had to overcome the abandonment. I had to be healed from rejection. And I had to be healed from all of that in order to see God as my father. And if you can overcome the rejection of abandonment, of being fatherless, you can never see God as your father. So you can't, be, you can't be a child of God if you can see him as a father, right? So eventually I got healed from there. I started seeking God. The Bible said that if you seek me, you'll find me. If you seek me with all your heart. I desire so much what God had for me that I start seeking him with all I have. Once you crave for something, that's when you start seeking for that. When you see the reward of what you're craving for, that vision grows and you start seeking for You start growing and start getting healed. So that's what happened to me. I got healed from that. I was like, I start seeing God as a father. Then I met my husband, got married like 17 years ago. And for two years, we tried to have babies. And I was like so excited. I want to get married. I want to have kids. I love kids. So I finally got, got pregnant. Before, even before I got pregnant, I started pre preparing the room for the kid. And I was just like, and then I got pregnant. And I got so excited. And um, I remember working dialysis. I was sitting down putting somebody's needles on. And I started having so much pain. I was like around three months or so. And I started having pain. I called my doctor. I said, and I said, I feel like, I feel like that's so much pain. I was just like, I can't handle this. It's like, don't worry about it. Tomorrow you have an ultrasound. You're coming in. Just relax. You'll be fine. I went home, got sick. And the next day I went for ultrasound. And when I was there laying down, they put it like I start seeing it. And I saw the ultrasound. I was like, oh, there's two babies. I got so excited. I was like, there's two. There's twins. And I look at my husband like, we're having twins. I was expecting for one, I'm having twins, and I look at it. And then she said, hold on a minute. Then she went out, and she came back. And she said, I am so sorry. Your babies have no heartbeat. They serve, seems like they're growing until maybe yesterday. 
and the day I was feeling that pain is the day I lost the babies. And I was like, wow. I was like, no, that's not right. That's not right. I was like, no, that's not right. I'm being expecting for this, right? So I went home, and the, the doctor said, like, we have to do an emergency DNC and have to take the babies out. And I was like, no, I've been waiting for these babies. I'm going to have this baby. And she's like, no, you can't have it because they're dead. Okay. So eventually I ended up taking, you know, like, have a DNC, remove the babies. And that spirit of rejection tried to creep in on me again. Try to care for me, and I was like, no, 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 Lord, you said that no greater things you have for those. Lord, you said that that if we love you, if we love you, have great things, great plans for us. We, I love you, I love you, and you have great plans for me. I was like, this is not. I was like, God, you give life and you take life. You, this baby was yours before it was mine, so it's yours again. So no, 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 it's not going to try to creep in. I'm not. Let me tell you, I grew up as a fighter. And I stand in front of my mirror and I said, I am a soldier and I am fit to war. This is not going to put me down. Not even on my worst days, the devil can put me down. And I was like, that loss? You know what? Babies, uh, life cannot be replaced. They can never be replaced. But guess what? For six years, we didn't have any babies. But then, I got, then God gave me three Amazing kids, amazing kids, but you have to overcome the rejection because rejection is always going to try to creep in just like happened to him, just like happened to him, the rejection and people, do you know what rejection brings to you? It brings the poor me mentality that brings you to addiction. Why there's so much homeless? Because they can't get out of that spirit of addiction, of rejection, that shame that creeps in on them. You stay there. You can't move forward. It's kind of like, you just like kind of like a wall that's right in front of you. You can't move forward. You can't move forward. And your destiny is right after that wall. Right after that. What in the world people think when they stay? And Bible said that you walk through the valley of shadow of death. Right? But you feel no, no fear, no evil. But you're not to a camp there. You're not to camp there. You're not to camp there. You're to move forward. You're to walk through it, right? So that's what I did. I walked through that valley of shadow of death, and I fought with all I had. And I said, God, you said that greater is who, who is who's in me than who is in the world. And there's nothing that's going to take me down. And if I came all the way here, you're not going to let me down, right? So that the same thing can do. It can happen to you. I see that's how I see myself, as a fighter, as a fighter. And I was like, nothing going to put me down. And that gives you authority. That gives you authority. And eventually you become successful. Because so, most successful men in the world are the ones who overcame rejection. Because you're going to get a lot of no's. And you're going to get a lot of offenses wherever you go. And if you can overcome and shake that off, take that dust off your feet and say, you know what? No, not now, not today. Not on my watch, devil. All right? You sit down and watch my victory. That's what you're going to do. So that's what I did. I was like, no, this is not going to do it. That's not going to do it. So you got to get out of the, 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 the poor me mentality. And the other day I was in, a, in, a, in church. I was an EMP. I don't know if you come to EMP, but EMP is powerful. So and my church and this church, it's all powerful. So I was an EMP last week, and God gave me a vision. And on this vision, do you know the domino effect? 
that one fall, everything. And I saw that domino effect. And there was like a bunch of domino. And I was like, that was kind of like on my family, a bunch of domino. One fall and the other fall. And I stood up. And when I stood up, all the ones behind me stopped falling. Didn't fall. It stands still. And the Lord said, that's what I'm doing with you, Rosie. Everything you overcome, your kids will not going to have to fight. Every battle you win, your kids not going to have to fight. From generation to generation and to a thousand generations, they will be blessed. Guess what? They're not going to fight my battles. They can fight their battles. But my battles is won by the blood of Jesus. By the blood of Jesus. The devil got no power, got no hold on me got no hold on me so they're not gonna fight my battle they can fight their own battles but not mine I'm not gonna fight I've been fighting the generation from generation to generation stop here it stops here it stops on you that power is broken right there so it's that's that's what I have that's what I have learned and I was like I declare that over my kids and there's three things I'm finishing <laughs> there's three things there's three things that I learned how to overcome rejection. And one, number one, your emotions are your servants. They're not to master you. They are to serve you, to show you where is the pain. Okay? You use your emotion as a guide to show you where the root come from. It's your servant. It's not your master. You don't, your emotion don't dictate you where to go, what to do. All right? So that's what you have to do. You have to that, that thing on, on a leash and say, like, no, I'll guide you. I'll guide you. No, not now. Not now. So that's what you have to do. And David, David said in Psalm 43, 5, he said, like, he tells his soul, why you're so downcast on my soul? Trust in the Lord. You trust in the Lord. I look at me in the mirror. And I was like, you are a soldier. You are fit to war. This thing cannot let you down. You shake that off. You shake that off. Do not let you down. Second, let me tell you, immature people are led by their emotions. But mature people, they lead their emotions. They do not let the emotions lead them. All right? So you do that. You don't let rejection define you. You define that thing. So you find, number two, you find someone to talk about it. You find someone. But when you talk about it, what I learned, what God taught me, you save people's face. You do not throw people under the bus. You're never going to see me talk about anybody. I served in a church before here for six years. And I love my pastors there too. And you're never going to tell I'm going to see me talking about any anointing. Any man that is anointing. Anybody that's being, uh, being like a mirror of Jesus to me. You're never going to hear me talking about anybody. And if I have a confession to tell to anybody. I'm like a, a quick repenter. I like, I always tell my kids, like, you repent quick before that thing creates roots on you. So it's just, I throw myself under the bus. I call somebody. I was like, okay, that's what's going on. Help me out here. Because I can't go any further than this now. So I, you just like you, that, let that thing go out. Rejection comes out. Rejections will die there. If one can put a thousand to flee, two can put two, ten thousand to flee. So... You find somebody, confess, therefore, confess your sin to one another and pray for each other so you may be healed. You can be healed from that rejection. You can be healed from that abandonment. You can be healed from that. You can be healed. God never let you down. It's people who let you down, but God never let you down. Okay? So you just, you trust in the Lord. 
Why are you so, so downcast on my soul? Trust in the Lord. All right. So other thing is you learn from rejection. That's number three. First, you, you, your emotions are your servants. Second, you find someone. Open up. Do not let that thing create roots in you and contaminate. It's kind of infection. It's like infection inside of you. You got to puke that out. Let it out. Let it out. Let it out. So number, number, number three, you learn from rejection. If everything you go through, you, you learn something. I went through a lot of rejection. I'm an immigrant. I went through a lot of rejection. People made fun of my accent. People put me down. People laugh at me, you know. It's just like you go through a lot. I am a business owner. I got a lot of no. People said, like, no, I don't need your service. No. I was like, thank you. God bless you. I'll go back there. I'm not going to say, hey, how about now? I was like, oh, no. <laughs> okay. I don't care. You just, you shake that off and you keep going. Once that stops you, once you stop learning, you stop growing. You as good as dad. Once you stop learning, you stop growing. So you have to learn from that rejection. You have to learn from, from your offense. You have to learn from the situation you're going through, right? So you want, and, that, and then if you never got offended with anything, if you never got rejected, you, never, you can never overcome because you, how can you overcome that if there's nothing in there for you to overcome, right? So you will get offended. You will get rejected. That's life and it's going to happen. But it's, it's, it's how you react to, the to that. Your attitude is what makes a difference. And when you acknowledge God, God said that no eyes have seen, no ears have heard what God has prepared for those who love him. And if you love him, he got great things for you. You shake that off. Like Joseph became successful, you will become successful. How people see you when you get there, it's how you're going to get favor from them. And hurt people, hurt others. So you will get over it and keep going. Kick that wall out, right? You kick that out and step into your destiny. And you're like, you know what? I forgive you. I love you. We're going to move forward. All right? Amen. Praise God. All right. I want to do one more thing. If you're struggling with rejection, stand up on your feet. Brian here is going to take some boldness. You're going to pray. Come on. If that's you, you're like, man, that, that message is for me. Wonderful. You're going to pray. You're going to kick that wall down. You're going to move forward. You ready? You ready? Go ahead. Lord God, we thank you, Lord God, for your power, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, that you set us free, Lord. I break that spirit of rejection of you right now in the name of Jesus. And I say, devil, take your hands off your people in the name of Jesus. I declare and I decree that your testimony is not your destiny. You may go through something right now, but your destiny is bigger than what you think in the name of Jesus. I break it off. Shame of you right now. In the name of Jesus, and I declare and I decree that greater things are yet to come in your lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Here, one more thing. Go prophesy over that lady right there. Praise God. Praise God. The enemy has, in, has intended to destroy your family, to... to to put you down, but the Lord said that anointings are over you. And he's going to use you mightily in everything you do. You are to be a leader of leaders. You are to be a teacher. And you know what? 
everything that was said against you, you'll fall to the ground. And people, just like they did it to Job, they'll come to you and apologize. And you'll be able to forgive them for those who are much given, are much grateful. You're grateful. And you will, you will be, have, you have mercy on them and you will forgive them. And you, they, you'll be blessed by those who cursed you. And there's nothing, and the Lord said, there's nothing he can't do for you. Ask and you shall receive. Ask and you shall receive. There's nothing you can do that makes God you love more. There's nothing you can do that makes God you love less. He'll love you enough. He loves you enough. He loves you enough. And there's nothing he can do for you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Put your hands together for Minister Rose. Hallelujah. And put your hands together for Pastor Gill. <laughs> Praise the Lord. This is the time of moving, moving forward. Hallelujah. It is the year of moving forward. It is the year that you're going to do, we're going to do greater things than we ever thought possible. I want to read in Hebrews 11, 32 to 40, which says, and what more can I say? Time is too short for me to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and the prophets who by faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, quenched the raging of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, gained strength and weakness, became mighty in battle, and put foreign armies to flight. Women, women received their death and raised to life again. Women received their dead, raised to life again. Other people were tortured, not accepting release so that they may gain a better resurrection. And jumping over to Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 says, Therefore, since we also have such a large cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every hindrance and the sin that so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that lies before us, keeping our eyes on Jesus. On the pastor? No, on Jesus, the source and perfecter of our faith. For the joy that lay before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of God. Hallelujah. So we, we overcome Right? By the, by, the what? by the word of our testimony and the blood of the land. We overcome rejection. Amen? We overcome rejection by forgiving, by taking that leap of faith and moving beyond those things that have hindered us to do what God has called us to do. Genesis 50, 21 says, Therefore, don't be afraid. I will take care of you and your children. And he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. That was uh, Joseph. After his dad died, his brother was like, Oh, he's going to smoke all of us because he's got the power. He's got the power. He's got everything. He's going to smoke us. No, he spoke kindly to them because he had overcome that rejection. And I want to just close. Um, not right now. I mean, I'm going to close eventually. But, you know, in a few minutes. But, you know, I just want to talk about um, one of the things that hinder us from moving forward. Rejection is one of them. you got to overcome that. And the other thing is false humility. False humility. So we're going to decapitate false humility because it's something that is going to creep up in your life many times. As the church, we're called to do great things. You are called to do great things. We are called to move forward. The fact that my wife and I are preaching on the same night is a miracle. It really is a miracle of God. It is the blessing of God. It is the restoration of God. It is because we have overcome rejection. 
In Ephesians 3, the Apostle Paul talks about us being created for good works. You were created for good works. You weren't created just to attend church. You weren't created just to come and have Shandai services and, you know, and, oh, praise Jesus, shake your hand, stop your foot. But you're created for good works. It is not a suggestion, but rather a description of why we exist. Right? When we begin to serve others, amazing things happen. Our joy is complete. If you feel like like you don't have any purpose in life, it just may well be because you serve no one but yourself. So when you begin to serve others, your joy will be complete. John 15, Jesus is talking to the disciples. Listen, I'm going to tell you all these things. You're going to suffer. You're going to go through rejection, blah, 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 all this stuff. Not blah, blah, blah. I'm sorry, Lord. Forgive me. But all these great things. But he says, I'm telling you this so that your joy may be complete. So reasons why people are moving forward in the will of God. One, they're unbelievers. If you're an unbeliever, you're going to get a chance to change that by the end of the service. Right? Psalms 14, 1 says, for the director of the music of David, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. Don't be a fool. Right? They are corrupt. Their deeds are vile. There is no one who does good. And 2 Corinthians 4, 4, the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of God, who is the image of God. So... If you're not doing what God has called you to do, you may be an unbeliever, right? Or you're ignorant and immature. 1 Corinthians 3.3, you are still worldly for since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere humans? So as the church of God, we're not called just to be regular mere humans. We're called to go way above and beyond that. We're called to do things that we don't feel comfortable doing, right? And the beautiful thing is that God will empower us. God will help us. He will give you everything you need to do what God has called you to do. That's why we're building that big building is to do what God has called us to do because God has called us and given us the ministry of reconciliation. Not just me, not just Pastor Gil, not just Pastor Daniel, not just Pastor Kirsten and like all the staff, but you. This is, if this is the first time you're ever walking in this church, I'm telling you right now, you are called to be a world changer, to bring people and reconcile them to Jesus Christ. So we're talking about false humility can stop that. So first of all, what is true humility? We see that in Jesus Christ. Philippians 2, 3-8 says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility consider others as more important than yourselves. Don't look, just look out for yourself, but be like Jesus, who have being God did not think it robbery, right? But he still did everything that called him to do. Verse 7 says, instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity. And when he had come as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even the death on the cross, which is the most humiliating type of death there can be. Because he was naked, stripped, beaten for my sin, for your sin. So that, that is true humility where God of heaven leaves heaven, comes on the earth. Right, having everything at his need. Another place in the Bible says that he became poor so that we may be rich. Right? So he's called us for a purpose, but false humility, when you you know, false humility will hinder that in your life. False humility is really a cop-out. It is backed up by selfish reasons, and it doesn't bring glory to God. 
It makes you and I comfortable. It really is looking for personal interest in everything. Now, let's buckle up. Hallelujah. It is an encouraging word, right? Especially with longtime believers. You've been discipled. Praise God. You know more than the Bible study teacher or the Sunday school teacher, but you've become a bump on a log because of false humility. It is a major reason why a lot of old believers give themselves the excuse that it's not their call. Or simply, you know, they simply won't do something for Jesus. They have a theological reason for being lazy in Jesus' name. False humility, just like ignorance and immaturity. It's going to get better. We're going to pull up. We're just, you know, I'm defining this thing here, right? So false, it's just like ignorance and immaturity. It is a killer of futures because you're going to stay stuck. You're, you know, you think you're being humble. Oh, God, you know, who am I that you would use somebody like me? It's false humility. Because he created you in the image and likeness of God. He created you to be a life giver. He created you to be a caster outer of demons. He created you to be a healer. He created you to be a worshiper. He created you to pull people out of down and out. If you're down and out, you were created to pull people out of that. But false humility will say, oh, who am I? Who am I that Lord would use me? You know, usually those scriptures, you know, we read, you know, and they're lamenting. But you got to keep on reading. Keep on moving forward. Keep on. You're going to see they overcame. They did great things. They did not reject suffering for the love of God. False humility will kill your future, especially with longtime believers because they know so much. False humility is when people allow themselves not to move, do more for God because fill in the blank. I've served many years in the young folks' turn. It's a thankless job. It's a, if somebody says, you know, ministry is a thankless job, is a telltale sign of self-absorbed person. We're balanced. You know, are we got to be balanced. John 15, 18 says, the world, if the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. Right? It's not that we're going to be, like, hateful to the world or just, you know, do things that cause people to hate you if you do that. You're just reaping what you're sowing. But when you're preaching the gospel, you're going to have some rejection or some, uh, uh, some, some things come against you. Resistance, right? When you're going to do what God's called you to do, it ain't going to be comfortable. But we still have to do it because if you don't do it, who's going to do it? God has called you for a purpose and saved you for a purpose. purpose. False humility is spiritualized pride. Any reason you may have for not doing something for Jesus is not a good reason. Now, we obviously have different calls, right? Pastor Daniel Bracken, you know, is leading our church. He began as a life group leader, right? Pastor Kirsten Davis doing puppets. Like, we all saw the beautiful puppets he had. You know, when he started, he never thought he'd be doing what he's doing right now in Alaska. He started in Hawaii. Praise Jesus. They all did. Right, Pastor Lemoyne Vince Vinson, you know, showed up. I mean, I love the stories of our pastors because, you know, Pastor Vince, he showed up at church and started sweeping. You know, he got touched by the Lord. And, you know, Pastor Phil, right, I don't mean to steal your story, but Pastor Phil, you know, and he, he shared that story. I remember hearing that story. I'm like, man, that's amazing. You know, and he's like, hey, why don't you, can you help me sweep? And guess what he did? He began serving. Not in their comfort zone, but way beyond it. Serving Jesus, it's not a comfortable thing. 
Amen. You got to move forward. Hallelujah. The grace of God is not to empower excuses for failure, but actually to empower you to win and do more for God and overcome. The issue is when you want problems to go away without dealing with them, it's not going to happen. Deal with it and move forward. Amen. Yes, there is a wall. You know, I did get rejected. I did go through those things. But you, move, you leap over it and listen, it's going to happen again. It's going to happen again. You know, there are some things that are going to get offended. People are going to let you down. I'm probably going to offend you. I'm probably offending you right now. you got to get over and move forward. Let me tell you, you know, one of the most beautiful things, you know, husbands and wives, we can offend each other very easily because we're so, you know, you're together a lot. And one of the most beautiful things I ever heard my amazing wife, anointed amazing wife, Minister Rosie, say is like, you know, I don't depend on you for my happiness. I'm like, praise God. It's like when you have a revelation of who your dad is, Father God, right? It freed me. I was like, hallelujah. Woo! Praise Jesus. But at the same time, it's like, oh, snap. Homie, got to get things right. More often, more often. Hallelujah. But I still offend her sometimes. And it's like, dude, what are you doing? Or do that. Hey, what are you doing? Right? But you get over it. False humility will hinder you from moving forward. His divine power has given us everything required for life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. You know, there are things that, you know, fa- you know false humility, when you're not walking in the fullness of what God has called you to do, could it be that you're making excuses that God has actually saved you to overcome? You need to overcome those things. Well, you know, I got hurt in my, you know, in my church or whatever it is. Get over it. Serve Jesus. Amen. Serve Jesus. You're not called to or it's, you know, you hear sometimes people say, oh, no, it's not God. It's me. No, it's you. Right? If it was, <laughs> I remember a pastor was talking about how somebody sang or did a song or something and they're like, oh, good, good job. And the person said, oh, no, it's not me. It was all Jesus. And the pastor said, well, it wasn't that good. <laughs> right? False humility allows us to remove ourselves from the equation in order to falsely praise God. Like, no, it's not me. God, you know, can God, you know, can God, you? and we go through those things, right? When it's, when you have, uh, uh, what is the word? When you have insecurities, right? You say, oh, no, God. And I remember one time being prayed for and, you know, prophesied over. God is going to use you powerfully. People are going to get healed. And I was like, oh, God, who? Woe is me. Who am I, Jesus? <laughs> that is false humility. And guess what? I get over that. And every time I remember, I repent. Lord, forgive me for being so foolish. Yes, Lord, I want everything that you have for me because I'm going to walk in the fullness of your calling. If, you know, if I had continued walking that, who knows? There are people in Eagle River today that would not be, you know, there are marriages that would not be together. You know, we follow up on people. We pray for people. We call people. So fill out those cards because it's going to, it might well change your life. I remember, you know, we had, we were just, we were living here. Everything was amazing. Everything was more than awesome. And, you know, in prayer, I told Pastor Daniel, I was like, hey, you know, I've been fasting. God has released me from my work. I've given notice. I'm resigning. And, you know, after that, I'm all in. Whatever needs, let's do it. 
right? And it's like, oh, cool, praise God. I was like, when is that again? You know, and um, so we were at early morning prayer, and Pastor Daniel asked us, what do you think about Eagle River? And it was like, nope, not going back. Not going back to Egypt. <laughs> we had just moved to the valley. Everything was awesome. Power of God. Amazing things. My wife didn't really like Eagle River, right? And um, for, you know, not because of Eagle River or anything. It's just that, like, you know, we had no intentions of ever living there. But um, we started praying about it. We started praying about the Lord. Okay, is this your will? I'm like, no, we don't want to move anywhere right now. But we'll pray about it. And we started praying about it. And wouldn't you know it, that that was God's will for us. So, you know, and then we start moving forward. We're moving. We had to move from our house here. And um, we get a card from somebody, you know, from one of the people that came from Eagle River. They visited here and says, hey, you guys are in Eagle River. Can you follow up on these people? And the day, you know, it was a girl, it was a woman that had filled out the day that my wife called her. She called her. She was sitting at the table with her husband. And they, were, they had divorce papers. And they were going to sign it. And right before then, they got the phone call. Like, hey, how you doing? This is Rosie Nantes. I just wanted to see how you're doing. You know, can I pray for you? You know, and, it's, and they're like, yeah. And it's like, you know, fire of God through the prayer. Hallelujah. Man, my wife is amazing, powerful woman of God. And, um, and it's like, and they talk about later how they hung up their phone from that phone call and ripped out those papers. And today, they're one of our key leaders in Eagle River. They shared their story in the magazine, in one of the magazines. They shared their story in the magazines. They are in Samoa right now at a funeral. And they are preaching the gospel to their family. Filled with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Filled with the power of God. What we do in this place has an effect into eternity. What you do and what you don't do will have an effect into eternity. So let those things behind that hinder you. Put your eyes on Jesus, the author and beginner of our faith. It is not I who will empower you. It is not the pastor. It is God himself who will put his spirit in you and move through you to do great and mighty things on the earth. When God called us, we are jars of clay that we carry a treasure in jars of clay. When we enter into situations, you will change people's lives. You will change the history of cities. Put away every vain imagination, every vain thing that tries to tell you, you're not good enough. You're not going to make it. Oh, I'm not pastor material. Become pastor material. Hallelujah. I'm not a children's director material. Become children's director material. I'm tone deaf. Pray for God to heal you. Hallelujah. <laughs> Certain things, you just need a special touch from the Lord. So <laughs> that's why we do auditions for worship. But whatever it is, whatever that God has called you to do, hallelujah, do it with all your strength. Do it with all your might. He will empower you. Hallelujah. Like I said, the fact that my wife and I stand on this, stood on this pulpit tonight is a miracle from the Lord. You know, because we have overcome so much. The devil has come against us, you know, since the beginning of our marriage. You know, we used to, like, get up. You know, we, were had, you know, we got married. I was 19. That helped. You know, but we would have, like, fights every Saturday. Like, we'd get up, like, wake up. We weren't working. We'd talk. You know, it'd be awesome. Then we'd get up, have breakfast, and then have a fight. That, like, happened all the time. And then one day, you know, the Lord was like, why are you fighting? 
I remember I'm standing, you know, by the hallway, bedroom, you know, hall to the living room. And I'm standing right here. She's standing in the doorway of the bedroom. And I just, the Holy Spirit spoke to me, why are you fighting? I'm like, why are we fighting? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the devil's trying to destroy us. Like, why are we fighting? Let's, let's grow. The Lord will help us. And we move forward from that, overcoming different things, rejection or whatever it is. In all these things, the Lord has helped us, and he will help you. Don't enter into a thing in a stage of false humility where you're thinking, you know, oh, I can't do that, you know, or, or this or that. Get over it. Get over it and move for the Lord. You know, and you who just thought right now, oh, that's not for me, that's for them over there. No, it's for you. Hallelujah. We need to reach this entire city and you have within you what's something that God has put to release. Freedom to those in bondage. Hallelujah. Get committed. Get plugged in. Go to a life group. Join a team. Get committed. Hallelujah. When I, you know, I didn't start as Pastor Gill. I was an usher. I began, became an usher. You know, and I tried to run away and go to, you know, help at Primrose where nobody was going to see me because I was done with ministry. And the first message I heard there was Minister Carol preaching to, you know, all the elderly folks that were like falling asleep. I was doing the sound. And it was like when Peter was restored by Jesus. Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep. I was like, oh, God. I still have the notes. Take a step of faith today. If you're a man, you need to be an usher. Like, well, I don't like talking to people. Get over yourself. In Jesus' name, hallelujah, I'm encouraging you. Come on. How are you going to help your children? How are you going to help, you know, do what you're called to do? Young people, talk to Minister David. How can I serve and serve faithfully? Well, I don't know, you know, if this is, do, just do it. Get plugged in, get committed. You know, marriage is like, you know, well, I don't know if it's going to work out. If you don't know, like, if it's going to work out, you know, before you get married, you know, don't get married because it's not going to work out. You have to decide to make it work out, and you move forward. It's the same thing in ministry, and same thing in your walk with the Lord. It's, I'm going to serve the Lord all the days of my life. I'm going to serve. What do I need to serve? You need an usher? All right. You need me to clean the bathroom? I'll come to the bathroom. And watch God permeate your life and start using you, and you become an apostle. Brother Datsani Makita, our pastor of the Marshallese Church, he was, a, he was the church janitor. He's, he leads over 50 extensions of the Marshallese. Why is that? Because God, he submitted himself to the Lord and just began to serve. He wasn't looking to become Apostle, Mar, you know, Apostle Marshallese. He is now. Why is that? Because God came in through his life. If you had imagined, oh, I'm just from a little island, just an atoll or whatever, that would have never happened. So give up. Whatever false humility, whatever pretension you're thinking that God can't use this for this or that reason, whatever it is, get over it and do it. You're hurt. Jesus will heal you. God will bless you. And you're going to do great things for God in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now it all starts. With you calling on the name of Jesus. If you're not saved, if you're an unbeliever, you know, God can't use you. You must be a believer. So if you're here tonight, let's all stand. Can I get an anointed piano player? Hallelujah. Before we close. Hallelujah. You must be born again. You say, man, I want to serve Jesus. I know. That's awesome. Start somewhere. Be committed. Be committed. Be committed, first and foremost, to the Lord. First and foremost, to the Lord. 
And how, how do I do that? You call on the name of Jesus. Well, but you know, I've done, doesn't matter what you've done, doesn't matter where you came from. The only qualifier, the only qualifier for your life is the blood of Jesus Christ. Your works, what you did or didn't do up until now, won't do anything for you. Only Jesus, only the righteousness that comes from God. So when you call upon the name of the Lord, he will save you. The Bible says that your sins may have been red as scarlet, yet they will be made white as snow. If you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you shall be saved because it is with the heart that you believe into righteousness and with the mouth that you confess into salvation. So tonight, if you're here, I'm like, man, I've never given my life to the Lord and I want to do that for the very, very first time. I want you to raise your hand. We're going to pray for you. Or you're here, you know, you're not living right and you want to recommit your life to the Lord. If you're online, pray with us. Amen. God is going to touch you. God is going to use you where you are. Hallelujah. I never imagined when I set foot in this church that one day I'd be leading, you know, a church myself. Praise the Lord. It's happening. Or three, you don't know tonight if you die, if you go to heaven or hell. You call on the name of Jesus and you shall be saved. If that's you, would you raise your hand? We're going to pray with you. I see that hand. God bless you. I see that hand. God bless you. God is going to turn around every situation that the devil is intended to destroy you. Every stupid thing you did, God is going to turn around. He's going to help you. We're going to have crop failure of those bad seeds you sowed. And God is going to help you. He's going to help you overcome those things. Come on, if you raise your hand, everyone, let's just pray and affirm our faith together. If you're online, same thing. Let's pray together. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for me. Forgive me of all my sin. Wash me. Cleanse me. Make me brand new. Be the Lord of my life. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for being my Savior. Amen. I'm going to pray for you and then I'm going to hand it over to Pastor Daniel. Father, thank you, Lord, for all that you've done tonight. For lives, God, that are impacted by your Spirit. Lord, that many churches are being birthed tonight, Lord. Not just because of the preaching, but you are birthing something new. Many teams are being birthed tonight. Teams are multiplying tonight in Jesus' name. Lord, and I bless your people. Father, every spirit, every foul devil right now whispering in the ears of people that you're not going to make it, you're not worth it, I silence you in Jesus' name. And I declare breakthrough over your life. You're going to be the domino that doesn't fall and set the standard for your family. And salvation will come to your city. Salvation will come to the entirety of your family because you stood for the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.